So as Sarah said, I work for an organization that is 177 years old. Yeah, go ahead and let that sink in. That's really old. And for a long time, our value proposition has remained the same. We are a liberal arts college dedicated to educating students for lives of leadership and service. And for the most part, we have been really successful in this. Our admissions and our career numbers are fantastic, and our alumni rate is one of the highest uh, giving rates in the country. But if there's one thing I've learned in my time working at Davidson, it is this. Success is a barrier to change. And I feel this deeply in my role. Uh, my job is to spur new value and change uh, in the face of entrenched tradition and a track record of success. And so I want to start with this seemingly basic question, which is why design higher education for innovation? And I'm going to assume that I don't have to convince this audience of the answer to the question. But I think you'll find it interesting to know that about 90% of my job is answering this question. And I think that's relevant because what that means is, for the most part, many people in my industry don't think this is a relevant question. They don't think it's important. And that, that's good context for the rest of my talk. So I'm going to give you the quick story of education and how it relates to innovation. So for a long time, the students who came in our doors, what they needed to learn while they were at school, and then what the world required them to do with that learning over their lifetime remained stable. And when it did change, it changed very slowly. And so all of our systems of work and our systems of decision-making, they're predicated on that stability and on that certainty. But today, new market forces and new technological innovations, they're disrupting not only our product, which is education, but also our market, as increasingly technologies allow us to reach students around the world, anyone with an internet access, and not just people who come through our doors in Davidson, North Carolina. So essentially, this brings us to the question of how do we remain relevant? How do we remain relevant in a world that is changing every day? And Lean Startup has been an incredible answer, an incredible framework for thinking about answering this question, and has pointed us towards four key conditions. The way we lead, the way we invest resources, the way we work together, and the way we measure impact. So first, the way we lead. What does leadership look like in a time when the needs and the values of the organization today conflict deeply with the needs and the values of the organization of tomorrow? And for us, we've taken the sandbox approach. We've created R&D mechanisms to be able to test new technologies and new models for education in a quick and iterative way. And so one example of this I'm going to talk about throughout the rest of this talk, it comes in the form of MOOCs, Massive Open Online Courses. It's a really unfortunate acronym, and you're going to hear me say it a lot. So MOOCs are a really great case study for sandboxes, precisely because they're an innovation on the product and they're an innovation on the market. So here's a quick comparison to drive this point home. This is Davidson, 15 students per class, $45,000 a year serving young adults, it's residential, it's highly selective. And this is MOOCs. Over 10,000 students per class, free, any age, anywhere, anyone. So it's clear how this is a completely different product for a completely different market. But still, why is this a good investment of R&D resources for us? And here is my belief. My belief is that sandboxes must fundamentally be a place that increases your ability to conceptualize and drive subsequent change. And MOOCs are doing just that for us. For an entire industry of higher education, MOOCs are a gateway 
They're, they're, they're a way of questioning not only what education could be, our product, but who it could be for, our market. And so that brings me to how do you invest resources in this? And so there's a common saying that the urgent drives out the important. And there's nowhere that this is more true than in an organization that is 177 years old. And so in response, we've really had to be intentional about creating dedicated budgets and dedicated teams that are really devoted to this work. And so I came across this study in the Harvard Business Review this fall, and it really hit home for me. So they asked tons of managers from across many different industries, how do you currently invest your money? And this is what they said. And they said, and then they asked, how should you be investing your money? And it looked more like this. And so it's a 10% shift from operational to innovation-oriented. So next, the way we work together. So it's not only about the resources that we're investing, but the teams that we're investing in, which are essentially serving as startups within our organization. And so for us, we have basically shifted from teaching as a solo sport to a community-based endeavor, where faculty members are founders leading visions for their course development. And they're surrounded by a team with many different skill sets. So it looks something like this. Instructional designers drive innovation in course design. Learning researchers and data analysts, they help us drive rigorous build-measure-learn cycles. Videographers and graphic designers, they create engaging content for the learning experience online. And so the product that gets produced from this is fundamentally different than what you see when a faculty member is by themselves standing in front of a small classroom. So next, the way we measure impact. And this is perhaps the most important part. Because as we get deeper into our innovation efforts, what I've found is that our institutional norms start to creep back into our efforts. That people want certainty, they want order, they want predefined outcomes, and they want ROI projections for way off in the future. And this isn't that crazy. This is what we're accustomed to. These are the metrics that usually drive and ensure success. But we all know that those aren't the right questions for lean projects. And so instead, we must predefine hypotheses, not the outcomes. And so here, I'm going to geek out a little bit about education. So stick with me, because I hope by diving a little deeper into the work here, I can show how we've chosen to measure and value impact. So one of the big picture hypotheses that we've created is that MOOCs will help us learn about learning in a way that's driven by rigorous feedback loops and not by intuition. And so what that's looked like for us is building rigorous build, measure, learn cycles in a way that previously just wasn't possible in traditional classrooms. We're able to build small units of courses and release them to users for feedback before the course itself is even built. And then we incorporate that feedback into how we design the, in the entire course. We're able to run A-B tests. We're able to see what videos people watch and for how long, what resources they use, and with what frequency, and what, on what kind of device. Every click is a data point. And so increasingly, we're able to leverage this data and use it to drive validated learning that's, that's based on data, not on intuition. So the next hypothesis that we are testing is how will MOOCs impact the way we teach and learn at Davidson? And I'm particularly interested in the student experience here. And so we've been running all fall a quantitative, qualitative study looking at that student experience, doing surveys and interviews and focus groups and class observations. 
and also quantitative data from the online platform to study this. And it actually just ended last week, the study did, and we haven't fully done our analysis, but I've read through a lot of the transcripts, and early insights are really interesting. Because what we found is that a lot of our assumptions were wrong. Uh, we've been so focused on the innovation of scale that we completely forgot about the learning experience itself. We essentially just took courses that were offline and put them online. And just yesterday, a friend gave me a, a great historical analogy for this. He told me a story that the very first time that, uh, a, that, TVs, that a TV show aired, this is what it looked like. It was two people behind a desk in front of microphones reading radio notes. And so we have this weird tendency to take the familiar and copy and paste it into the new without accounting for the technological affordances of the new. And so we did that with MOOCs as well. We basically focused on scale without focusing on the technological affordances, and our students noticed. They said, we don't want to do the same thing online as we did in the classroom. We want to engage in new ways with our peers and new forms of socialization. We want these adaptive learning technologies to be levered in ways that can personalize education for me. We want to be able to visualize and simulate really complex phenomena that you just can't do on a whiteboard, but you can do online. And so this was incredible insight for us, and is going to drive future iterations of these online courses that we think will be distinctly different. And that never would have been possible had we used traditional methods of accounting instead of letting hypotheses drive our work. So in conclusion, I'd like to bring us back to these four conditions that we've really focused on. First, the way we lead. I can't emphasize how, how important it is that, that, that the leaders of our institutions value lean and create spaces for it to thrive. Second, the way we invest resources, recognizing that the day-to-day -day will always cannibalize resources from the innovation, and we need to account for that. The way we work together, empowering cross-functional teams to work like startups within our institutions. And the way we measure impact, not relying on traditional methods of accounting, but instead, of, instead embracing innovation accounting. So as I conclude, I'd really like you to remember this. Success, as it's conceptualized today, is a barrier to change. But this lean community, we have this huge opportunity to rewrite the modern narrative of success to be one that's less about execution, still valuing execution, but also about adaptation and innovation. And I know this work is difficult, but I think it's entirely possible. And as we move more fully into the digital age where change becomes the new norm, I believe it's the institutions that learn to harness this uncertainty and drive innovation not only by exception, but also by design. Thank you.